So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags to riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody, man, welcome to the Multifamily Apartments Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and I am so excited to launch this thing because, man, it's going to do amazing things for people. And I really believe that as we become investing professionals and when you really step up to the big leagues of making money and creating wealth, there's only two reasons that we do this thing, in my opinion, and that's for sunsets and palm trees, baby. That's why we want to do this thing. We want, we want to create the life that we only dream of, and we do it through apartments and cash flow. So this podcast is for anybody that's tired of doing single family flips. If you're wholesaling, the thing about wholesaling and flipping and all that stuff is that you got to do it each and every year and it becomes like this weight that comes across your shoulders and you get emotionally drained. Ask me how I know this. I suffered from the same thing you guys suffered until I learned something that changed my life radically and that is the power of cash flow, right? And really doing it through the vehicle of apartment investing. Right? Because I would I think what, what what most of us, if you're like me, you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that book changed your life. And in that book, Robert all talks all he talks about is cash flow. And so, but then when we applied it, or at least when I applied it, I applied it to meaning, hey, I don't have any money, I need to do some flips. And so I got into the flip business, and guess what? I kind of got stuck there because I like the money. I like that quick cash. And I didn't really think of doing anything else. And so it wasn't until I was forced to that I uh, I did something different. I got into the apartment industry. And ever since then, I, I, I've just, it's been such a great, inspiring journey. And I want to give everything that I've learned, I want to give it back on this podcast and teach people that guess what? You can buy these amazing assets uh, with little or no none of your money and and really create a wealth like you've never ever known so before we get started into this uh, this episode um, this iconic episode by the way uh, the first thing that I need you to do is you got to go to my website kahunawealthbuilders.com and download my free quick start workshop video series, okay? And the reason you gotta do this is it's gonna show you how to find, acquire, and fund 100 plus unit apartment deals using other people's money, okay? And it's gonna give you a lot 
more of a core base that you're going to need to get into this apartment industry because there's there's a lot of stuff going on and I'm going to try to condense it and make it actually um, consumable to where it doesn't like overload you because there are a lot of moving parts in the apartment industry but when done properly it can just make you so much money and, and it really puts you on a, a course to just have financial freedom which is what I think most people want. So what I want to do is I actually want to share with you guys who I am. Like, what is my story, right? So who am I? I think everybody wants to know who, the, who is this guy launching this podcast and what can I expect? Well, the thing is, I'm a country boy at heart. I grew up in a little town called West Plains, Missouri. And uh, most of you guys will not know where West Plains is. But just know that's in the Ozarks. If you ever heard of a... A movie called Deliverance. Well, guess what? Um, I think it's talking about where I grew up. And so I can hear the banjos playing now. But ding, 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 ding. But I grew up in, I, it was a great upbringing. My, my parents did an amazing thing. Um, they they raised us on a farm. And there was a lot of things that I learned out of farm life that I feel has made me the uh, the man I am today and the investor that I am today. So I'm, I'm really quite proud of that upbringing. But like most, um, you know, when I got out of high school, I had no focus. I did not know what I wanted to do, and I didn't go to school. And so when you don't have um, a degree, there's, there's kind of like two options for you. You either um, sell stuff or you manage stuff. That's pretty much your options, right? Or you go into a trade. Well, um, I didn't do any trades, so I, I choose option uh, number one, which is uh, sell stuff. And I became a car salesman. And so uh, I was that guy on the uh, in the perch of the car car dealership. Uh, back then, I, I think I was smoking like every other car guy. And uh, what a just a despicable job. But um, I look back at that that. Those, uh, I think I did it for like five years. And I look back at it, and I was like, man, what a great five years. I mean, I learned more about selling and talking to people, uh, being on the car lot than I'll ever learn in my life, I think. Those, those five years of selling cars really um, gives you a true, honest option of what sales is and what it's not. Right, so you got to be, you got to learn to be really good and, and really communicate with people, um, because everybody comes on the lot just looking. Right, so um, you know I managed some stuff, and then I I, I kind of uh, I realized that I actually got I got married, and my wife uh, told me before we got married that hey, guess what, I can't marry a car guy. Now this happened to me one day at it was about eleven o'clock in the afternoon at the car dealership. She she calls me up on the phone and she she tells me that hey, honey, I, you know I really care about you, but I uh, I can't marry a car guy. <laughs> and so me being the guy I am, I, I was kind of irritated and, and I look at the phone. And I'm just like I can't believe this is happening. And so I kind of get short with her. I'm like, listen, I gotta go. And I I just kind of hung up the phone real hard. But in my mind, after I, I hung up that phone, man, I was in a panic. I mean, I'm like, oh, I got sweat coming down my head and you know wiped my forehead. I'm like, man, she's she means business, and I I really like this girl. I mean, I want to make her my wife, and so she wasn't kidding, and I knew she wasn't kidding. So I'm sitting there scrambling in my mind. I'm like, who do I know? Who do I know? 
What do I got to do? What do I got to do? Man, I thought of this guy, and I knew that he was a restaurant manager. So I called him up. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, I know you're a restaurant manager at this restaurant. Who do I talk to at your restaurant? Who owns it? Who can I talk to to get an appointment to, like, become a restaurant manager? So he gives me the number. Immediately, I, heard, I hang up the phone with him. I dial the next guy, and I call him up, and I introduce myself and, and you know, make the connection of how I know so-and-so. Within about five or ten minutes, guess what? I made an interview. You know, I set the interview process. So then, you know, I hurry up and hang up the phone. I'm like, yes, I'm like doing fist pumps in the air. I'm all excited. I'm like, all right, now I got I to gotta call, call, call Shelly. So hang up the phone, call her back up. Hey, she's like, hey, Shelly, will a uh, restaurant manager work? She's like, yes. And I'm like, great. And I hung up the phone. And it was just uh, just like that. So that was that was my uh, experience. So then I got home later on that night. She's like, "Honey, how are you gonna manage, you know, like a restaurant? You have no experience. You you don't even know how to, you know, like have you ever waited tables?" I'm like, well, "No." She goes, "Have you ever, ma you know, like managed a restaurant?" I'm like, uh, "No." Um, she's like, "Well, how are you gonna how are you gonna get the job?" And I'm like, "Listen, it doesn't matter. I'm a car salesman." <laughs> And sure enough, guess what? I got that job as a restaurant manager. Good for me, right? Well, my wife, um, she thought she didn't see me when I was in the car business, but she really didn't see me. And she didn't know what she was getting into uh, when I got in that, in that restaurant business because she never saw me. The only time she actually got to see me is when I would buy her food. So in other words, she'd come to my restaurant so she could have dinner and I could sit with her for about 30 minutes. And that was our life. So, you know, you, yeah, I went from selling stuff to managing stuff. And honestly, I mean, it's, you know, you work so many hours in that business. It is a absolute grind, right? But I learned, I learned some things about myself. I learned that I was willing to do whatever it took. I mean, I worked very, very hard, sometimes working 60, 70 hours a week being a restaurant manager as a salary employee. Well, guess what? I finally smartened up and then I got into selling groceries to the restaurant. Did that for a while, hated it, right? It was at that point in time that my mom did something magical for me. And this is, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there with this whole story, okay? So, so bear with me, because this is, it's a lot of fun and it's kind of exciting to see how this plays out. So now I, I'm, I'm just about ready to get married to my wife. And, um, you know, we go off and my mom's like, hey, honey, um, would you like to come to Hawaii. Her and her husband, uh, my step stepfather, I guess we'll call him, call him Bruce, call him Bruce Wayne, actually, had invited Shelly and I to go to Hawaii. And not just any island in Hawaii, but Kauai, the garden island. And so we went there on our first big vacation. You know, we're just boyfriend and girlfriend at this time. And we get there, we get to Bruce's place. And Bruce has got like, something magical going on. He's got a house that's right on the ocean. So you go over this little sand berm and you're actually in the water, you're in the ocean. And so you hear the, the waves breaking every day, you know, every, every, all the time. And then it's actually on a cove. So when you walk this cove, you go all the way to, uh, you know, the other side and guess what? There's a fresh water stream going through this cove into the ocean, by the way, into the ocean. So cool, so freaking cool. So, you know, if you've ever been to Hawaii, you always wake up at the butt crack in the morning because of the time difference. So watch the sun come up, we're walking the, the deal, and I mean, we're just like, this is it. Like, this is, 
this is what the life that I want to live is, right? And so I finally started like looking at Bruce and like, what does Bruce do, right? What is, I mean, this guy, he's got like high-end art in his house. He's got nice cars. And so I look at him and I'm like, you know, so, uh, you know, what do you do, man? What do you do? And he looks at me and he's like, well, you know, I'm in real estate. Well, I was a young snotty-nosed kid back then, and so I didn't have anything smart to say. So I looked at him and said, so you're a realtor? Of course, Bruce didn't like that too much. So he looked at me with this kind of, you know, grin. And he's like, no, you know, they work for me. So, you know, I kind of left the island thinking uh, Bruce was a, 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 not my favorite guy in the world. But I looked at him and said, man... This guy's the big kahuna. Like, he's got it going on. He's got time. He's got money. And he ain't worried about too much. So I was like, dude, that is the big kahuna. I want some of that. And I had no idea what real estate really meant until the very next year when I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And all of a sudden, all the light bulbs went off. And at that moment... I found out I knew exactly what Bruce did. Bruce was a real estate investor, and he invested in multifamily properties that cash flowed. And so at that point in time, it was, wasn't until a year later that I finally got enough guts to open up my own business. And that business is called, or my, I guess my flagship company is Kahuna Investments. Because guess what? I wanted to start with the end in mind. I wanted to be just like Bruce. I wanted a house in Hawaii. I want, you know, I just want, I want the dream. So I, I started with the dream as my goal. And um, what become of it is I actually became, I ended up becoming what I call, everybody, you know, no one knows who I am, right? When I meet people, they never remember me. They just remember the Kahuna. So I, I guess I can say I'm the big kahuna. And so whatever that means, uh, so uh, take that as you will. But you guys are listening to the big kahuna. And what we're trying to achieve here is what we're going to teach is how to get the two things that you're really going to want in life, which is sunset and palm trees. And you do that through cash flow. So I, I'm going to speed up my story, and this is supposed to be my short story, but I guess it's becoming my long story. But I think it's important that you guys understand who I am, what I've done, so you can, like, determine, is this guy for real? You know, like, can you get some information from me that may be valuable? Because I think you can, um, but, you know, stick around and let's find out. Um, and sometimes I think I'm kind of funny in my own mind. So if I make some weird comments, just know that it's me being me. Uh, sometimes I'm quirky. My wife gets onto me all the time. But I, I do lots of quotes from movies that nobody knows and, and things like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm a rock star in my own mind. So um, we're going to fast forward into real estate now. So now I started real estate in 2005. Um, we moved to Arizona. I got through the crash with little uh i didn't get i really didn't i didn't really get nicked up too much so i was really proud of that and so um and the reason was is because i still had a job i actually got um a job uh coming when i realized the restaurant industry was not for me i finally smartened up and i actually become a financial advisor with edward jones so we had my series 7 series 66 um and you know learned a lot about money 
And so, um, and that, that was great for about, you know, a year and a half, two years, right? As 2005, 2006, 2007. And then guess what? You know, the crash hits. And, um, you know, it was a horrible time to be a financial advisor. I mean, every investment that you made with anybody was worth half the value. And um, so this is my Edward Jones story. And so, you know, at this point in time, um, I'm not fully invested in real estate. I'm kind of part-time doing it. Had some rental properties. And I was doing pretty good. But this is, I call this my commitment story because it's, it's what you're going to need to go any farther in this series or like if you want to get somewhere, you're going to have to have some commitment, right? Now I'm going to show you how I got mine. And uh, it's a, it's kind of a fun story, but so there I was sitting at Edward Jones and um, yeah, the crash had happened. And I knew at this point in my career that I was, I was counting my days until someone was going to let me go because I did not like my job anymore. I hated it, in fact. I, you know, everybody came in, you know, was crying, um, had lost lots of money, and every investment I made, and it, you know, it just wasn't me. It wasn't the right fit. But the reason I was doing the job was, you know, I was, you know, told that I could make lots of money, and in my mind, I could make lots of money to do what? Buy real estate. So there was a day I went into my office, and I was having a meeting with one of my, my managers, and I, I just looked at my wife that morning and said, man, I got a feeling that I probably will get fired today. And so I went into the office and as soon as I looked at my secretary, I knew that the call had been made that I was gonna, not gonna make it out of this thing. And so I kind of went into my office and I kind of locked the door, locked myself in. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm thinking about, you know, gosh dang it, man, it's really gonna happen. And like, you know, as a man, you start thinking about what the hell am I going to do? Like, how am I going to tell my wife? What, what's plan B, C, D? I mean, like, I got to have a plan when I come out of this thing, right? Or life is not going to be good. Because at this point, I've got two kids and a wife, and they depend on my income. And I'm just sitting there, I remember having this, like, sinking feeling at first. And then, like, a light kind of kind of sprung into my heart because... This desire that I had to do real estate, which started in 2005, it had been burning a hole in me. It's just, you know, it was just sat there, and, and I knew what I wanted to do. You know, every book I'd ever read in real estate said the best time to jump into real estate is when it's at its bottom. And we were in the middle of a financial crisis where, in Phoenix, the values of property were like half of what they had been. I mean, everything was on sale. And I just, I sat there and I was like, man, I just, I just had an idea like, man, what if I, I, I started asking myself, what if I could do this? What if I could really become something in real estate? So uh, anyways, you know, I meet, meet with a guy around 11 o'clock and by 1130, I'm, I'm toast. I'm out. I mean, they, they walked me out the door with all my stuff, put it in my truck, and uh, out the door I go. And I couldn't go home. I was so, like, I was devastated. Like, how do you go home after that, right? After being canned. And it was just such a, it was like this self-deflating moment. And so I couldn't go home. So I, I went to the next best thing, I think. I went to Starbucks. So I go to Starbucks, and I'm sitting there, and you know, I got myself some some hot coffee, and I, again, I'm I'm just in my mind, I'm just I'm having a conversation with the little boy in me, that little 
that little guy that used to dream wildly, that was so excited about life, that wanted to do everything, that wanted to be a professional baseball player, the, the kid that just knew that he could do anything if he just set his mind to it. And no one could tell that kid no. And that's the kid that was talking up inside me. And he was saying, you can do it. You can do it. But then my adult version of me comes in and says, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so scared. Do I have the guts? Can I do it? Or I don't have any money. I don't have anything. I don't, I don't have the resources. I'm not rich. And that's what I did for an hour and a half as I wrestled with the man in the mirror. I really did. The little kid in me was fighting with the adult in me of, did I have what it took or did I have what it would take? to do this and not knowing that I didn't have all the answers. Well, as you can tell, I think you know who won. It was the little kid me, that little boy that wanted, that wanted something so special that he was, he was willing to cry out. He was willing to like take some risk. So, you know, here I just have, <laughs> I'm just on a mic and I'm getting a little emotional about it because that's how special it was for me. It's how real that commitment that I made to become a real estate investor and to become the best that I could possibly be. So I made the commitment to myself and it was a gut-wrenching commitment. It was the kind of commitment that you don't take lightly, right? Because I had a lot at stake. I, you know, if, if I didn't do this right, I would lose my wife and my kids, you know, and I know they love me, they do, but let's face it. If you don't have money to provide, and things get really tight. Well, how do most divorces happen? It's over money. And that's, where the, that's, where the, that's what the stakes were. That's what the absolute stakes were for this, for this commitment level. And I had to ask myself, Corey, are you willing to pay the price? And guys, the little kid beat that grown man's ass up, right? <laughs> he really did. And he won. And so... I remember getting in my car, my truck, and all of a sudden, I, mean, I was just like so excited. I mean, I was just like, yes, 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 because I made that commitment. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a, a, a brief moment of, of like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? I got to go tell my wife now. <laughs> and so, you know, I go home. Uh, later on that afternoon, and 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 uh, I, you know, I gotta go share all of this, all this stuff that I just processed, um, not knowing that you know, knowing that I didn't have a lot of money, knowing that I didn't have you know a, a, a lot of credit, knowing that I really didn't know a whole lot about real estate, but just that knowing that I really wanted to do it, and then I had to go sell that to my wife, and thank God I was a car salesman, <laughs> right. <laughs> So I'm looking my wife in the eyes and I'm telling her this whole story and I'm just, and I'm emphatic. I mean, I'm not telling her that I just, that I, that I know this. I know it's the truth. I mean, I know it's the absolute truth on how I'm going to get there and what I'm going to do to become successful. Meaning that I was willing to do anything necessary. And thank God I have a wonderful wife. I mean, I have an absolute wonderful wife. That's my biggest cheerleader. And if there's anything you can get out, you, you got to have a cheerleader. You got to have someone when you have rough days that she'll pat you on the ass and say, get out there, tiger. You can do it. And that's what she did for me. She looked at me in the eyes and she goes, Corey, I trust you, right? She goes, but do not fail. <laughs> 
And she gave me her blessing. And I'm telling you, because she gave me her blessing and she was willing to back up my play, it was amazing. Now, I didn't have all the answers at first. And the first thing I did is I, um, I went to a Rich Dad Education Seminar, right? It was free. <laughs> How can you go with free, right? And then I realized that at the free seminar, they pitch you the $500 version. So, you know, I'm like, well... 500 bucks. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. So I, I spend five. And I mean, and at these each event, I mean, I'm taking labor's notes, labor's notes, and I'm ready to go into action. So the second day comes or the $500 seminar comes around, pay for that. And, um, you know, of course, they pitch another event. So like what you really need is the seven day thing or five day thing. And uh, it's a thousand bucks. And so I'm like, well, okay, I got, I mean, I had a little bit of money, but I didn't have a lot, but I had a little bit of money. All right, I'll do that. So I go to the $1,000 event. And then, you know, what they really, you know, talked me into is you need coaching. You really need coaching. And you're like, and, and at that point in time, I was like, man, I don't know what I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to do real estate. I just know I want to do it really, really bad. And so I invested in some education. And, 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 and at this time now, I'm kind of tapped. I'm tapped out, right? By two grand, I am tapped out. <laughs> um, and so I'm not. I'm not really uh, proud of this moment. But I paid for some uh, some coaching with a hot check, I, and it it bounced. <laughs> it really did. And so I went to like maybe two uh, two trainings, right? And so that was that was how we started. And so. Out of that, though, what I realized is what I didn't really know. And what I was really searching for was a real live mentor because I just knew that I needed to find someone that could show me how to do this business. And, I mean, I, I had read every book. I mean, when I first made the commitment in 2005 to get into real estate, I mean, I bought every book there was. I mean, I own millions and millions of real estate books. Right. I mean, I'm, I just buy them and read them, buy them and read them, buy them, and read them. But I wasn't going anywhere. So it wasn't until, and this is really crazy how this works, right? I was so focused. And if you guys ever read like the secret or the answer, and I'm not saying that this happens, you know, believe it and it, it comes to you. You got to put some action behind it. And I was, I was in massive action. I mean, I was out, I was, they, you know, one day like, Hey, put up bandit signs. And this is how young and dumb I was, right? So they're like, put up bandit signs. So I'm like, yes, I'll do bandit signs. So I go to Lowe's and I get these wooden stakes and I, I go to the um, Walmart and get this like real thick stock card paper and I get, you know, uh, a stapler, like a commercial type of stapler and I'm stapling the cardboard, cardboard, cardboard on the wood and, you know, write up my message, you know, we'll buy homes for cash or whatever. And then as I'm going to pound these things into the desert landscape in the desert of Phoenix, and I'm hitting it with my hammer, I'm hitting it so hard that uh, the cardboard is coming off of, tearing off of the stake, and I'm just ruining my signs. And not to mention that they're not even going in the ground. So, like, if you're in uh, Arizona, you realize this, that you can't do this with, like, banging stuff in the ground. You have to have what's, you got to have a drill. Right, you drill a hole and then you put a stake in. I mean, this is how crazy. I mean, I did this. I put up like a hundred signs that way, and my hands were so damn blistered up, right? Because I was doing it totally wrong. But I just knew that, like they said, put up bandit signs, so that's what I did, right? I mean, it's crazy.
So I didn't I didn't get my first real live mentor till um, like a little bit later on in that process. And his name was Bob Norton. And I actually met Bob Norton totally by accident. Right. Um, I met Bob Norton by going into um, in in Rich Dad's education. It was actually done by Russ Whitney at the time, so it's it's not the same company now. Rich Dad bought the whole process. So, and when I went into it, Rich Dad, um, which is Robert Kiyosaki, started the company, and then they fed you to what's called Russ Whitney, which is the training part. And honestly, it wasn't that great, right? I got into that thing. I was like, ooh, these guys are just like um, sales guys that have never done real estate. I, they could tell they were not that successful. And I wanted someone that had been there, done that, and had you know had really good stories, and was doing it now, right? And so, um, but they had this little. Um, Video web page logs for the threads, and there was this guy. I'll never forget his name was Royal T. That was his handle, Royal and the T, right? And he's like, "Hey, go to this website. It's called Kiss Flipping. Keep it simple, stupid flipping by Bob Norton." And so um, I'm like, "All right." So I go to the website, and and this guy seems it was beyond everything that anything I'd ever seen. And kind of like how I'm coming to you now. That's how Bob was. He was just real. He just made it real. Right, like, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's the deal, and you know, like, I'm no bullshit. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that on my podcast, but I just did, and he wasn't. And so, um, I I bought his course for like another 500 bucks. My scraped together 500 bucks, bought his course. Well, I got something out of Bob Norton that was just amazing because he was the real deal. He was teaching how to buy real estate using the MLS and some techniques that were really, really working. And they were working today. They weren't publishing a book that was written three years ago. They were working today. <clears throat> I'm gonna preference that with like, the stuff that I'm gonna teach you is working today. This is the stuff that I do today. It's not something I did a couple years ago. You're getting it how it works today. And that is important, my friend, because it will lead you to success. All right, so I'm trying to get to my first apartment deal, but I, I'm giving you guys my real long backstory. Probably too long, but bear with me because I'm about ready to land the baby. So through Bob Norton, I learned how to do single family flips. And man, I got good at it. And um, I actually, and I was doing these flips. I wasn't really doing the flips. I was actually wholesaling. Bob was offering 50-50 deals. Bob would say, hey, you find the deal. I'll fund it and I'll split the profits with you 50-50 and I've got to manage the rehab. So I, I immediately found out exactly what his deal criteria was, and we did really well. And then his brother moved to town, and, um, and so Corey got cut out because Bob was going to use his brother. I don't blame him. I'd use my brother, too. So when that happened, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Who do I know? Because I got to find, like, this gig was working for me. And now, all of a sudden, you know, all those dreams and goals and stuff were, like, starting to fleet out of my mind. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So then I went to my local RIA, Real Estate Investors Association. I found a couple guys. And this was crazy. We'll talk about the secret again. Man, I had like five deals locked under contract. And I knew these were good, fat deals. And Bob wasn't going to buy them. So I had to go find someone else. I, got, I, had to, I had to find some new guys to wholesale deals to. So I went to that RIA. And I just knew that day. I mean, I without a doubt knew that I was going to find who I needed to do deals with. And sure enough, two in, uh, investors came out at the end of my meeting, uh, end of the meeting, and uh, approached me and said, hey, we're looking for this area too, um, you know, come show us around. So I showed them around the next day, and I sold them all five, right? And I made like five grand a piece uh, for wholesaling. It was a pretty great day, right? 
Um, and so we started wholesaling, 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 and then something magical happened. And I call this part OPM, finding the money, other people's money. Um, one of my investors that I uh, had had when I was at Edward Jones, great guy, and we're going to call him Carl. Um, Carl, I played racquetball. I still play racquetball with Carl. And Carl uh, had watched me through this whole process. You know, he watched me when I uh, got fired at Jones. He watched me um, start my business, and he'd watch me wholesale. He watched me do fix and flips with, with Bob. And I got to the point where I was like, you know, uh, and Carl lived in a retirement community. And so I stumbled on this just really by accident of how to, like, get private money. So really, really pay attention to the story because there's some really nuggets in here, okay? And that is, I was, you know, playing racquetball with him. And one day I went up to him and I was like, you know, Carl, you know, you're watching me do all, and I've been wholesaling all these deals. and I've been really successful at wholesaling. And the only problem with wholesaling is that I make this little piece of money and all my investors make this big piece of money. And I'm like, I would really try to, I want to switch it. And if, you know, you live in this retirement community, and I know you've got to know some people that have like some money in investments, and maybe I can get it working a little bit harder for them. And in, in other words, switch it. In other words, the money that I was going to make, I can pay an investor and lock, you know, a property up and give them like a note and deed of trust and pay them, you know, like a rate of return. And, uh, you know, I can make the big piece of money. And so, you know, he's like, well, you know, go what kind of interest rate? And at that point, I was like, you know, you know, 12%, I'll do 12%. And so he's like, all right, Corey, well, I'll, you know, I see, I'll see what I can find, see what I can find out there. So I was like, great, you know, all right, Carl. So I left, I left playing racquetball thinking, well, you know, maybe Carl will find somebody, maybe he won't, you know, but at least I, I planted a seed. Well, later on that afternoon, or the next day, guess who I get a call from? I get a call from Carl. And Carl's like, hey, Corey, hey, uh, you still wanting to do that deal, you know, that 12% deal on that, 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 you know, that money? I'm like, yes. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, Carl has found somebody. Carl, Carl is the man. And so Carl's like, well, you, you know, Corey, you may not know about this about me, but, you know, my home is free and clear. And I can borrow money at like 3%. And if you're going to give me 12%, I can make a spread. She goes, you know, Corey, how, how much money do you need? And I, the particular deal that I had that I needed money for, I was like, Carl, I need like $85,000. And Carl looked at me and he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Where do you want me to send it at? And <laughs> I think my draw just hit the floor, right? Like someone that I don't know just offered to give me $85,000 cash. Oh, say what? <laughs> and so... I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, let me get back to you with that, Carl. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that answer. <laughs> so uh, anyways, he ended up giving it to my title company. We did a deal. And so that was my first time I'd ever raised private money. And once I learned how to do it, and I learned something about that because I didn't ask Carl for money. I asked Carl, who did he know that I can maybe possibly help. And Carl self-selected himself. And, it, and I find that's really the best way in approaching people with money. 
uh, and asking them for money is you never ask people for money. You just ask people who do they know, and you present the idea and the opportunity. And at the end, if they're really interested, they're like, well, listen, I, I think I'm kind of interested in that. And that's, that is how it's been, man. That is exactly how I phrase a crap ton of private money is just doing that. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So by finding private money, that changed my whole world. Because guess what? I opened up the opportunity to do more than just one deal at a time. I do multiple deals at a time. And I could, I could get the speed and velocity of money working for me. So I became a master. And I mean, like, Wudan Ninja style master at raising capital. I raised a lot of it. I, I got really, and this is me, I'm just cranking out single family deals, single family deals, single family deals. And this is in Phoenix. And then something changes in our market. The market starts getting tighter and tighter. It's, it's getting harder to find deals, right? Harder to find deals. And at that point in time, I'm like, gosh, I've got maybe a couple million dollars of, uh, you know, capital working in, in these single family homes. And I'm, I'm starting to get nervous of like, where's my next deal? Where's my next deal? Because I've been using... You know, Bob's Bob's find deals on the MLS method. Now, I didn't know of any other method. Like, I took that one method and I ran with it. And it's kind of like, who moved my cheese? Well, in Phoenix, the my cheese was starting to move and I'm like getting a little nervous. And so I'm like, but I've got all this money that's depending on me to make it money, to, you know, to make their money grow. And, and these are, they've become really good friends and they're counting on me and they like it. Right, the relationship is awesome, and so that is when I decided to get into the multifamily arena. And so I took all this private money that I'd been using, and I learned uh, in the whole process of getting and acquiring uh, multifamilies. And it was to, at that point now that now I'm ready to pull the trigger. Right, I got educated, I got smart on it, and uh, you know I, I just like you guys are listening to podcasts on on uh, this multifamily channel. Um, you know, I did the same thing. I, I went out and sought out the best mentors um, and real life mentors at that. And they taught me the business. And so now I'm to the point where I'm ready to do my first deal. And what the great thing about it is that I already had, you know, these guys ready and lined up for my first deal. And so I'm like, hey, this is where we're going to go. We're going to go into these apartment deals and this is how it's going to pay. And, you know, the structure was a lot different. Um, actually, very different, and we'll go over structure uh, way down the road, but uh, don't worry, I'm not going to leave you hanging, because right now, I'm giving you guys like this five-part series of what I call the cash flow king, and it, it may even turn into like, I don't know, an eight-part series, we'll see how it goes, right, because I, I got to make sure I get everything, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through like from A to Z of how to do this thing, how how to find them, how to fund them, how to get them, um, how, to, to, how to manage them. How to increase value? And there's a lot of lot of little movie parts here, right? So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna give you all my pillars of it um, of how to do multifamilies. And I know I've just spent like 44 minutes so far, and I'm timing myself telling my stupid story. But you guys have got to understand this is how it works, right? It starts with a story and the desire. You guys have got to understand where I'm coming from, so I can give you the food that you're gonna need, right? Because you're gonna need it. Trust me. So I find my first apartment deal, and I found it through, actually, I didn't find it. I, I met some guys through an investor association that had the deal, and they didn't have the money, and I had the money. 
And so we funded our first deal. Uh, we bought it for $3.2 million, and we raised $1.4 million of private money. And I'm really proud of that moment. It was a really big deal for me. And so I still own that uh, property today. I've not sold it. And uh, I think uh, it's probably worth around $10 million today just based on the cash flow. And uh, what a great, great way to become a multimillionaire on one property. And that's truly what one property can do for you. Because my first deal, um, you know, I bought a 144-unit uh, apartment complex in South Carolina. And, um, you know, uh, when we bought it, it was it was still an, it was an REO property. And, um, you know, it had, a, it had a reputation. In fact, we met our, the police people that were... Uh, that medicine give us an assessment of the area. Um, his first words out of his mouth was like, Corey, you wouldn't believe how many doors I kicked in over here. <laughs> Meaning that he had to do like a drug raid. We knew we had a drug problem. So the first thing that we did was work with the police to um, coordinate with their canine dogs. And we put it on everybody's door that we were going to have the canine units doing uh, uh, tests on our apartment buildings. And uh, so the next night, the next day, we had like you know, two move outs, immediately move outs, just moved. Uh, that was our drug problem, right? And so amazingly, that, that was, it was, you know, a great, great obstacle to get those people out quickly. And, um, but we, we worked really, really hard. We did a lot of work on the property. We cleaned it up. Um, we made it, you know, the great thing about apartments is you don't have to be like a rocket scientist to, to make these things work. You do like a couple great things. Make it safe. Make it clean. And if you have affordable housing, people will find you. If you can shorten someone's commute to work, you will be able to fill your apartment 99% of the time. So that's really all you got to do is, is you, you improve it, you clean it up, you make it safe. I mean, you light the thing up like a Christmas tree and good things can come down the pipe. All right. So I've got about 15 more minutes. I'm going to try to get through this next piece, right? So here's so the why of why apartments. Like why, why are you guys looking into apartments? Why am I teaching it? I'm going to tell you why. It's because there is multiple ways to get paid. Multiple ways to get paid. So one of the ways you get paid in apartment complex and apartment investing is what's called an acquisition fee. And this fee is a fee that you get paid when you close a deal. And it's normally between like 3 and 5% of the purchase price. So if you bought a deal at $3 million at, at a 5% um, acquisition fee, you can make a real quick... $150,000 on one deal. I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. I call that quick time money because you get it quick when you close. It's a lot of fun and it's a nice paycheck. So you can make what I call that flip money that everybody likes. You can make that. You can get that in an apartment deal. But here's something that you don't get with single family homes that you do get with apartments. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe so, because you can still get some, ca you get cash flow. You can get cash flow out of single family properties, but you sure don't get it like you get with apartments when done right, baby. <laughs> As you operate, you get cash flow. And honestly, we buy properties, and I'm going to teach you how to buy properties for that only objective. It's not for the appreciation and for you know, a big sale at the end. The reason you're buying this stuff is for sunsets and palm trees, baby. And that's called cash flow. 
As you operate, cash flow is the main objective uh, that you repeatedly that you get paid for repeatedly for work done once, my friend. Once, just once. It's a good thing. Um, I call this my long time money because this money increases with time. And it's 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 just it's long term, right? We call it forever money. I got my friend Jack Bosch calls calls it forever money. I love it. I love that term as well. But I can't use this term because that would be like copying. So I'm gonna call it long time money. And then the third way that you can get paid on these types of properties is if you decide to sell it, which I don't believe in selling anything that cash flows. Or that cash flow is good. It's just like there's no reason for it. Maybe you could, right? But I mean, I don't know. I haven't found a good reason yet. Um, but I, I like to keep my properties. But if you're in, you know, different deals with multiple investors and you have a short term, you know, five, ten year horizon time, and you want to cash out, you can make some big time money when you do this correctly and you sell a multi million dollar property. For example, if I was to sell my um, my first property, Lionsgate, and I could sell it for $10 million, I mean, I got about $7 million that I'm going to make off that thing. That's big-time money. Now, what's cool about these deals, like, unlike single-family homes where it's a real pain in the butt to, like, uh, do 1031 exchanges on all these smaller properties, a lot of times you can sell a property and make that big-time money and then do a 1031 exchange into another property and not get hit with the taxes. How's that? Try that on for size. That's big kahuna, baby. That's why you want to do this business. Is you become an investor, not a trader. With a D, trader, not traitor, but a trader. Because all my friends that I know, honestly, most of them are single family flippers that they they flip every day for a living they don't have recurring revenue they have a business i mean i still have a wholesale business so i i still do it right but i do it for different reasons because i take some of that money that i'm making as in my flipping business and i put it into my long-term vision which is apartments that's called being smart that's multiple streams of income baby that's working for me so you know by by becoming an investor a true investor you know, is is really um, working once to 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 get multiple streams of income and have that money working each and every month for them. And honestly, I think I know a lot of successful flippers out there, and honestly, they're working way damn too hard. Like that's not the lifestyle, baby. If you if it's not like sunsets and palm trees, I'm out. Like I don't want to work that hard. I really don't. I want to work just hard enough to do. You know, to do real estate at a great pace. I mean, if I was to buy two apartment deals in a year, that's like awesome. Like I'm doing awesome. <laughs> that's all I got to do. Anything else is gravy. I mean, like that's 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 like the life. You stack those things up over a 10-year period, you are done. There's nothing else you got to do to make money, man. Those things will... We'll start, I mean, you're getting other people to pay off your mortgages. Eventually, those things will be paid off. I mean, it is a great, absolutely great way to do it. The other reasons why you're going to want to do apartments is the scale of economy. Now, I run a wholesale business. It is very, very hard for me to buy 100 deals in a year. I mean, and I'm wholesaling. And it's still very hard to do for me to do 100 uh, units in a year. 
it is, you know, and and the other thing is, man, if I do that, if I was to keep all those properties, which I never would, but to have like a hundred properties scattered out in the valley is like nightmare on Elm Street. Like, you know, come over here. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I just see these monster houses like calling my name, Corey, Corey, you know, <laughs> I need you. I need your help. You got to fix me. You got to fix me. <laughs> no way. And even if I had a property manager coming, like who wants to do that? I don't know. Or with apartments, you can buy a hundred units very easily, very, very easily all in one place, all like within, you know, like three or four or five acres, maybe 10 acre lot. And they're all there and you have staff and you have people and you have management and you have all these things that take care of your property for you that are built in your operations cost. So like, you know, and you still get to make money after the fact. And to me, that's like the nirvana that I'm looking for is, is not only, um, you know, do I, I get to make money on these properties, but really I can have a third party management company doing all the management of it. And then I just have to manage my managers. That's really simple. It's just a really simple, clean business model that allows me those two things, which is sunsets and palm trees. I mean, that's that's really what it's about. Now, the last thing I like about the commercial uh, piece is that, you know, all my loans, my loans are like non-recourse loans. Very, very uh, seldomly do I have to put any personal guarantees on these properties. And that's that's a big thing. So, you know, that, that does go a long way in your whole financial planning. So, uh, you know, time's almost up. I'm at 55 minutes. So in the, in the next episode, we're going to dive in right into like what you need to do to get deal flow and to like find multifamily deals. So this is going to be important that you watch like the next, I think, I've not decided if it's five or seven ser part series yet. And it'll be what it is, but we're we're going to be in a series of what it takes to find, acquire, manage, fund, you know, and, and successfully exit a multifamily property from A to Z. So, um, if you haven't already, uh, number one, if you haven't already, go to the KahunaWealthBuilders.com and fill out uh, your form. Get our download, right? Get our quick start video workshop, and you're you're going to get much more out of that content and a better understanding of just really how the apartment investing process works. And you're going to really like that. And then number two, if you like what you've heard so far, I need you to do me a big, big favor. Um, go on iTunes and just leave a positive review. And if it's really good, if it's really good, and I know you guys are going to give me some really good ones, uh, I'm going to give you guys a shout out in my next episode. So episode two, I'm gonna give some shout outs to some people that are leaving some sweet remarks on iTunes. So again, thanks a lot guys, uh, appreciate it. Corey Peterson with the Multifamily Apartments Investing Podcast signing off. You guys have a great day. Go out there and remember we're doing this for two reasons, sunsets and palm trees. <laughs>